25th Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's going on, everyone? And welcome in to your favorite time of the week. And it's so nice that it happens for you all twice a week. And welcome to Subjectively Speaking. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. Laura, how are you today? I feel like we just need to spend some time checking in. We only have a game to talk about. So I just feel like I feel like we can just take this moment to just like connect and be human. Hmm. Um I mean I've had better weeks. <laughs> yeah, let's normalize not thinking that every week is the best week ever. I'm into that. Yeah, my week is not a One Direction song. I'm. Granted, <laughs> it's not called best week ever. It's called best, best night ever. Night ever, yeah. Or best Wait, song we... ever. Oh, it's best song ever. Should we start a spinoff podcast where we only talk about One Direction? Yes or yes. I want to say yes because I. You've mentioned it before, but I have an unhealthy, um, obsession with Niall Horan. I will say I don't think it's unhealthy. I, I it just like surprises me, like because like you are very much like your music that you like hold near and dear. Like you're very a nostalgic music person. Like and mm-hmm. so when you find new music, you like cling on to it. And the fact that Niall Horan is one of those humans for you, I love that actually. Well, he just brings me joy. I was not like a. I'm too old to be a One Direction person. A, I a directioner, if you will. A directioner. Um. I discovered them actually after they broke up um, or when they were getting close to breaking up is when they came into my world. Um, What's the opposite of being a hipster? What's the opposite of being like the person who's like, I knew about them before they were big. What's Who's the person that's like, <laughs> I knew about them after they broke up and were dead. Who's <laughs> that person? Uh, basically every new age scene kid that's like, oh my God, have you heard of this band? It's like, yes, I saw them. When they still, when they didn't have gray hair. Um, I don't know. Old? I think you just call those people old. So I'm old. I don't think I want to do that because then I'm not, like, I'm not calling you old. I just can't bring myself to doing all of that. But, uh, yeah, I, we don't talk about it enough as a society. One Direction was good. Like. Yeah, they were very good. Like, objectively speaking, they were a good band. Like it's it just like they were they were good. Like I actually their music is pretty good quality. Yeah, I have a um I have I haven't played it for you yet because I, I feel like you'll make fun of me. But I called it my serotonin playlist. And it's literally just One Direction, Harry Styles, and Nile Horn. <laughs> That's the those are the only artists on it? Yep. I love that. Because <laughs> I also have I also have an unhealthy relation, real, uh, obsession with Harry Styles, to which I only speak to, not only, but via TikTok, I only speak to our mutual bestie, Corinne, through Harry Styles TikToks. Yeah, so. you both have definitely found yourselves on that on that area. My graduate assistant, Allison, is like also super obsessed with Harry Styles. So I just think that he's a great... He's good. He's actually, like, really good. I like his vibe. I like his energy. Um, This is a Harry Styles podcast, too. 
But I was funny because the other day I was ordering things online for Christmas and I was like, I might buy myself something. And I was like, ooh, I think Niall had new merch come out. But his shirts say, hello, lovers. And it like made me feel uncomfortable. So I was like, nope, too old for that shirt. I don't think you are. I think anybody can say hello to their lovers. (laughs) I don't think there's an age restriction to that. Which also kind of hints at like your new obsession, which is um, people dancing the, is it Megan the Stallion dance? It is so good. It's Meg the, Megan the Stallion's choreography to body to Adele's Under the Bridge. It's the only thing I care about right now. It's so good. It is so funny. Nobody can tell me otherwise. It's just like perfect. And I'm not a dancer by any means. Like I did in high school, but I, I am not in high school anymore. And I so badly just want to make a TikTok of me dancing to maybe maybe subjectively speaking we'll create a TikTok and that will be the first TikTok is me doing the choreography of body to uh water under the bridge. It's just so good. It's like I'm just upset. I'm just upset because that Adele song is like my like my probably my favorite off of that last album and everyone slept on it when that album came out and they were like hello so good and blah blah, blah. no was and it now it's like making come back 25 or 26 25 or 26 the name uh of whichever i think it was called 25 so this one's 30 which means it's been five years since that song came out and just like it's just funny to me the way that that happens just in pop culture that like especially with tiktok tiktok brings back songs that were so old like who knew who knew that fleetwood mac <laughs> was gonna like come back because a man got on a freaking skateboard and was holding some ocean spray <laughs> like, like who would have ever guessed but that's not actually fleetwood mac though isn't that just stevie nicks no it's fleetwood mac oh, okay i just want to make sure that i didn't put my foot in my mouth but no, there's wow. a, a an old Metro Station song that is gaining popularity on TikTok shake, again. Shake, 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 mm-hmm. shake it. Yeah. Wow. Aren't if you proud of me for knowing that? I am proud. If you're friends with me on Facebook, you can scroll back through my profile pictures and see a very different looking me with um, the dude from Metro Station, Miley Cyrus's brother, <laughs> Trace. List of things you shouldn't have told me just now. In my other life. Now I'm going to scroll through. <laughs> Should we tell her all the time that you've met Tyga? <laughs> oh, yeah. This is a fun story. Everyone's turned off this episode because they're like, they're not fucking talking about hockey. No, um, I love this. Yeah, no. So back in a previous life, um, I met Tyga before he was like Tyga, before he dated a Kardashian. Um. Isn't yeah, that when everybody f- comes into their true form is after they've dated a Kardashian. True. Um, but the best part of that whole scenario is that when I met Tyga, I was wearing a Barack Obama t-shirt that said hope. <laughs> I just it kills me. It's just so funny to me that, <laughs> that Yeah, that that's a very how... it's a very different life that I used to live. There's a lot of different people that I've met that I've said various embarrassing things to. Um, 
but we'll save those for other podcast episodes or never other, other intros i was just listening to my favorite murder this week and i'm like they actually talk to each other at the beginning of podcasts it's so refreshing i'm like wait we never talk to each other at the beginning of our show we're just like hi bitch hockey cool <laughs> well that's because sometimes we have too many games to talk about and you know it just and so sometimes just too much sadness at least as of late but that is true Something that's not sad. I bought tickets to see camp. That's exciting. When are you doing that? February 15th. February 15th. That's exciting. And I'm very excited about it. I looked at setlist.fm and saw that most of their songs that are on their setlist are songs that I don't know. So that was a little sad. And I need to do some homework. But very excited for that. You are now making me miss Cam Atkinson. Oh, that's right. I forgot he likes camp. <laughs> yeah, so I'm very excited about that. But what's up, everybody? <laughs> if you've made it nine minutes into the show, I guess you deserve some hockey talk. I don't know. Are you all liking this? Let us know. Give us your thoughts. But, uh, yeah, the Blue Jackets played a hockey game on Tuesday night. We're recording this on Wednesday. Uh, so uh, that was a hockey game. It was the refer- it was the return to Canada. It's the first time the Blue Jackets have been in Canada um, since the bubble. Wait, yeah, that's true. We've made it quite a while into the season without going to Canada. So that was exciting. Um, it was a very, as per usual, complicated game. Um, that, granted, we still lost. But we made it less embarrassing. Yeah. And I mean, I think we'll talk about it, obviously. But, like, the fifth goal mattered. (laughs) It did. The fifth goal did matter. Um, So, yeah, it was. And, again, and I think if you you were able to watch Lars's... um, post-game interview last night. I mean, he said it, you know, he's like, every single game we play is a learning opportunity. I feel like he's been listening to the show because I definitely say learning opportunity far more than one should. It's it's our higher ed brain talking. It is a higher ed brain thing. Um, but, you know, he said every every single game we play is a learning opportunity and we're still figuring out um, a lot of different things and some things were doing well and some things were not doing so well. Cough, cough, turnovers in the neutral zone um, <laughs> and just general defense in front of our goalies. Um, but, you know, he was like, we're also, he's like, over the past week, we have played some of the most talked about teams in the NHL. And you know why they're talked about is because they're all on hot streaks. The Stars, the Capitals, the Leafs, all on hot streaks. And we just so happen to be coming up against them in the process of trying to figure out what our game is. And so we talked about it in the last episode, but lots of, you know, social media negativity. And I get it. Some of you who aren't as, like, analytically driven or, like, you know, structure-driven fans, like, 
it is really disheartening to have games like this and to have multiple games like this. Um, but we're only a quarter of a way through the season and there's still a lot to go, but you know, let's, let's talk about what happened in this Toronto situation. Cause this was, I think out of a lot of the losses we've had minus the Nashville six, nothing situation, this, was one of the harder games to watch because everything just happened so quickly. Correct. Yeah. I mean, it all like hit the fan at the exact same time. Right. Like, and, and that's the thing that's hard, especially with a young team, right? Like you can go down a goal and find a way to like figure it out and come back and, and, you know, be involved. But when you go down three goals as quickly as this team did, right? Like it's hard to to build back. And quite honestly, like even, even just getting to the point where you get this game within one toward the end, like that's impressive, impressive in and of itself. Right. Like, cause there's so much about the mind game that happens when you go down three, nothing in Toronto against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like it's just a lot of things that you just can't have happen. Uh, you know, against a team like Toronto, and and they did, and obviously, of course, like like you mentioned, like and like I've said, like they find a way, right, to to write the ship. But it was, it was like every time something bad happened, it wasn't just a bad thing; it was a, a litany of bad things. Well, and yes, over over the period of the of the whole game, we we righted the ship eventually. But that first forty minutes, I mean. Not for the not for the you know lighthearted fan like that. It was, I mean, like you said, three under three unanswered goals in the first period by Toronto. Start with Newlander, then of course freaking Austin Matthews and um, Richie, which they were all excited for him because he's apparently he they just brought him up mm-hmm. or something. It was his one of his first few NHL games. So they were all excited. And, you know, we come back in, in the second period and we're like, okay, let's, let's not make this worse. Like, let's try. And you know what? After a lot of, a lot of trying, (laughs) a lot of trying and being outshot, um, Oliver finally gets a goal, his first goal in seven games. Um, and it was a tough one. It was a tough power play goal. Our shot number went up like by 12, just in trying to get this one goal because they just kept trying, which is good. That's what they're supposed to be doing. But the issue was, is it took that much to get past Jack Campbell and, Jeremy and I both watch. I weirdly have this now like soft spot in my heart for Jack Campbell because we watched that Amazon documentary about the Maple Leafs and the way that this man feels about this game and how he feels about like the part that he plays on whatever team he's on and like the journey that he's had, like I'm the, I should not have watched that documentary because now I'm like, Oh, Jack Campbell yeah. deserves all the goodness. God forbid the Blue Jackets ever release like a long series like that. 
You're going to be destroyed. Never. Um, I will lay down in front of trains for them. I mean, I would do it more than likely <laughs> anyway. But, like, if that happens, just with Behind the Battle, I'm like that already. Like, heaven yeah. forbid, like an HBO quality documentary. Jesus. There um, might be a really shitty co-host on this show that hasn't watched the third one yet. <sighs> And then there's another really on top of things on one part of her life co-host that's seen it four times. Yeah, you said it was sad and I just have to be in the right headspace. Yeah, well, I watched it again the other night just so I could cry. So here we go. Um, so anyway, so Oliver, Oliver comes through, gets this power play goal. And there's just like this hint. It's like, okay, it's 3-1. There's still like 30 minutes of hockey left. You know, it might be a lot of work, but we can definitely try. And then the Maple Leafs said, hold my beer. And in seven seconds, we went from being 3-1 to 5-1 in like a blink of an eye. And I'll be damned if I wasn't screaming F you Austin Matthews at my TV alone in my house. You, your obsession or like lack of obsession is the opposite with Austin Matthews blows my mind. I don't like him. I, I, can, I can understand and respect that he is very good at hockey and very good at what he does. I just do not like him as a person. I have to say that um, he, I do own a Toronto Maple Leafs Austin Matthews jersey. I don't know if you do about it on the podcast. And I can't be mad at you for it because you bought it with your mom. Yeah, when we went and won money in Windsor, can like listen, Canadian money got me that jersey because I won it at a Canadian casino. So like, I feel like I have to like be okay with it, right? But. Um, but yeah, that was yeah. I do own an Austin Matthews jersey. I don't know. I just like I don't love the friendship with Justin Bieber. Like not like a huge fan of that. Um, not a huge fan of some of the attitudes and things that he has done in the past. I, I, think I really think like, that you're just sealing my opinion on this. No, I do think that there might be like there might be some redeeming qualities. I don't know. The mustache is not one of them. Yeah, I was never going to make that a redeeming quality. I listen. We are all familiar with the Zach Wierenski mustache, like. So I am obviously very much not here for, uh, you know. Not here for it. Yeah. No thanks. What are you going to do, right? Um. But yeah, that is why I was, I mean, PLD got some redeeming points in my eyes because he beat the crap out of Austin Matthews the other night. But. Which was so stupid. Like, I'm not, like, not stupid that he did it. Like, that's whatever. But, like, the fact that Austin Matthews got penalized for that was a bubkiss. Yeah, they've been making a lot of really interesting decisions lately. This is a total side topic, but did you see that that, um... Knee kneeing penalty got more suspended games than the guy who bit the other guy. Yeah, yeah, familiar. that I think is crazy. And the biting, 
the biting is so much so much more of a big deal because he broke that guy's skin, which exposed him to like so much really gross bacteria. Like the human mouth is a disgusting place. It is. It is, in fact. I will say though, like also our friend Ian Cole, former blue jacket, didn't get suspended for his penalty. Can I mention that I did not know that Ian Cole was no longer on the avalanche? (laughs) Really? I did not know that. (laughs) He got traded from the avalanche to the wild last season and then signed with the Canes this offseason. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's actually not been with the uh, abs for a while. But he is very much like, to me, like... He gives me Colorado Avalanche energy, so I get it. Yeah, but I will always... He was here my first season, and I will always have a soft spot for Ian Cole. But interesting that they did not... Did they fine him, or did they just did not do anything? Yeah, so he got a $5,000 penalty, but I thought he was going to get suspended for that. Yeah. he was not. I think they'll just be real interesting. Yeah, they do be interesting. They do, in fact, be kind of interesting, but... But yeah, I mean, of course. Where where do we go? Like, right? Like, where were we? Oh, uh, we ended the second period because I was clan- complaining about Austin Matthews. Sure. Um, and so, and then obviously, right, like, you make a change, right? Like, you make a change in net. You bring in Daniil Tarasov, who pitches you a, a, a period of shutout hockey. Like, plays well. And I will say that I agree that and because Jean-Luc Grandpierre said this last night, he does not blame this loss on Elvis. Like, and I'm not saying that Elvis was like at his top level performance last night. Um, but defensively, we are just disintegrating in front of our goaltenders. Like it doesn't matter who it is at this point, we are just not holding strong um but i do agree with pulling him after two periods because five goals is just too much to take in in that kind of circumstance right and i mean like i think too it's you know you find your footing a little bit like i think that if the second period would have started the way the second period ended like i think elvis would have gotten pulled like it's one of those things where it's like you don't put your goalie through that situation when you know for a fact that your goalie is getting hung out to dry in a lot of different scenarios. And I think, of course, he was, right? Like, um, you know, he lets up five goals, which which is more, right, than, than his expected goals. Um, it's about a little over two more. But he's just not given any opportunity, really, to make any – meaningful saves or or you know play any meaningful hockey and that's hard and he was exhausted he was under siege all those first 40 minutes i mean looking at the shot differences now granted we've been getting out shot every game but you know the amount of shots on goal that the leafs had last night by the end of the second period like elvis was working like It was just, it was ridiculous and it was, it was time. And you could tell that he was disappointed, you know, watching the footage back on the bench and everything, but you know, 
it is what it is. And Tarasov came in and <laughs> did his damnedest. I mean, he did not allow a single Leafs goal, thank God, <laughs> during the third period. Um, and kept us, gave the boys the ability to try and find a way to get to come back. And, you know, Oliver scores for the second time. Sean Corrali gets a goal last night. And then finally, with three seconds left in the game, uh, Max Domi. Uh, gets us to a fourth goal, uh, which was so sweet because his grandparents were in the crowd last night. Um, and so, yeah, that fifth goal, I mean, that fifth goal, it does. It just, it so mattered. And you know what else mattered was the multiple times that we rang loudly off of the goalpost because it could have been a much different situation if I think we had three posts last night. Um, so Danforth had two and I think, oh, either Hoffman or Boquist had the other one, but just loudly off that goalpost and it's been a much different game. Correct. As much as bringing things off of the goalpost matters, you know what else matters? Um, what you decide to play on DraftKings? Yeah. Winning a frick ton of money i figured i probably shouldn't drop the f-bomb before i do an ad read so right like maybe i should not but yes winning money on DraftKings it matters right folks and we're coming to the football fans this week like we did last week too um i know that you all love action-packed high-scoring nfl games but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl you're gonna be a winner once a single point one point no need for a high-scoring affair one point is scored uh, when new customers be- who bet $1 um, on any team, uh, those new customers can win $100 in free bets. And it's that simple. If sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get on in on the NFL action. Although the Ohio state house did just pass a sports betting bill. Just, you heard it here first. Subjectively speaking, breaking the politics news. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long. With DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest, so you'll want to get on that, Ohioans. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN about $1 on any team to score, and you can win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. L must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Only new customers, only minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I just, listen, I, the amount of spit that I acquire during that ad read, <laughs> it's like repugnant in every sense of the word. And I hate it for me. It's probably a good thing that we don't record a ton of times in the same room. So yeah, I'm just like spitting everywhere, just like getting you, like just listen. You're in the splash zone, bitch. You better get out. Ew. Better run. So gross. Correct. Little do we know how much we love masks. <laughs> so much. But yeah, I mean, I think it is cool, right? Like Max gets his first goal in Toronto like in front of family. I mean, that's the part about this. that's so wild, right? It's like we're a quarter of the way through the season, all of last season. And 
and that's the first time that Max has played in and around his hometown, right? Like, so it's like, that's cool, like, that he had family that was able to come and see him play for the first time in a year and a half, because it's also not easy, right, to be Canadian and get down to the United States for a game, so, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they haven't been able to at all, really, and, um, you know, so, and his grandparents are just, like, the cutest, and Toronto, I mean, Max did a whole pregame interview about it yesterday, but Toronto, I mean, the Domi family, like, they are just known in Toronto. I mean, his dad had such an extensive career with the Leafs, and Max grew up in that arena, and he still knows so many of the, like, people that work there and, you know, all that sort of stuff, and he lives there in the off season and um, and all that sort of jazz, and so that's just such a big... A big thing. And also, I mean, we had a lot of players for, I mean, Boone is from near Toronto. Um, Justin Danforth. Um, Justin Danforth had 40 plus friends and family members wow. in the arena last night. Um, so I think that's why he had a little bit of a extra boost to try and get um, a goal for himself last night. But so, yeah, a return, a return to Canada and we didn't get, you know, obviously it didn't end in our favor, but, you know, I think I, I was telling you last night over text that, you know, I shockingly wasn't, like, sad yeah. that we didn't win. I was more so just proud of them for circling the wagons and, you know, finding a way to at least make a valiant effort to come back because I think it's those moments. It's how, and you know, and again, this is, this is higher ed talk too. And you know, you think about this in your own life. It's how you respond to those moments of like great difficulty or great challenge. It's how you respond to them that makes the most impact and they could have very well put their tail between their legs let the maple leafs just continue to run that game and you know potentially lose eight to one or something you know ridiculous but they didn't they came Mm -hmm. back out they really put in the effort put in the work you know and they saw hey we've we've got to have this mentality earlier like we really have to have this mentality earlier and we got to start finding a way to get teams to stop doing this like immediate back-to-back goal scoring on us. Cause that's really been a thing. It's been a thing in some of these bigger losses that we've had is that we've allowed teams to score two goals in very quick succession. And so that's a thing. And Lars talked about last night, he said, you know, it's not always something that you can coach or that you can practice avoiding, but there are things that you can make them more aware of when they're in those positions, especially around face-offs, you know, that you can get them to to be able to notice more of those, like the opportunities that other teams are trying to take and be able to counteract them. So I think there was a lot of valuable things that they learned. Yes, it sucks, but, you know, it, I think he was a good, again, be, beating a dead horse. He's not a dead horse. He's our captain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Still one of your better moments on the show. It's great. Um, you know, it's it's a learning opportunity. And 
you know, it's fun to watch them. I think if you are one of these more, and I've become one of these people. I was not one of these people earlier on in my fandom or whatever, but it's fun to watch them learn. It is fun to watch them learn and to see what works and like um, the different combinations of things. And, you know, that Corrali line, like they're really like, it has been good to see what he's been able to do with that line. And, you know, again, like we've said before, it's about finding those positive moments in each game to keep you motivated for returning to the next one. Right. And I mean, like you said, it's, there are two vastly different outcomes that were possible. And that's a five, one loss that everybody gets on the bus, gets on the plane home and just feels like, like shit about and then there's the loss that you leave. It sucks that you lose. You don't ever want to lose. But you can walk out of the arena. The whole idea of, like, there are no moral victories, like, is fine. But, like, that's a moral victory, right? Like, to know that you found a way against a really good hockey team, right? Like, to make it competitive. And I know, like, in reality, this game was 5-3 until the last second. Like, it's a two-goal game until Max Domi scores. But, like, it's still nice to be able to look at that at the end of the day and think, okay, we figured it out. And when we find ourselves in this situation again, now we know that fifth goal matters, right? That sixth goal, seventh goal matters because we're capable of scoring four, five, six. It's just a matter of making sure that we can – because that, that is also a mindset change from this team before. Because if this team gives up five goals last year, I'm packing it up. I'm not even going to care if they try. Because they weren't they couldn't score. But yeah, this they team can barely, can score. They could barely get a goal, let alone two, last year in a game. Right. And so it's like that's where the mindset also changes. You, you've got to be excited about that, too, if you're a Blue Jaggers fan. So, yeah. So, yeah. It, I just said so, yeah, twice. They, <laughs> they t- you know, they take away a lot from this game and, you know, hey, we didn't, uh, I don't think we did. We didn't get a goal called away. We did have an unfortunate challenge not get mm. approved, which is how the mess started. Because we ended up giving the Leafs a back-to-back power play. Because they got a power play goal. Lars challenged it. And they immediately went back on the power play. Because the, the challenge didn't get approved. And which resulted in the second goal. Yeah. And then shortly thereafter. End of the first. Leading into. End of the first leading into the second. Yes. End of the first leading into the second. Oliver takes a very untimely penalty um, that results in the next level of insanity. But so there's things, there's things. And we're just like not great at challenging things. Like the Blue Jackets do not get challenges like upheld. Not, Not our forte. So unless it's like really apparent probably just like shouldn't um but but yeah there were some bright moments and i think were there enough bright moments for you for us to do 
a three stars of the game? I think so. I think we could do a three stars. Cool. I think it's my turn. It is, yeah. Because I just realized that. You didn't uh, pick them? No, I have them. I just wasn't sure what order I wanted to do them in. I wonder if we're going to have the same ones. I could see us having the same ones again. It's possible. Um, okay. So, I think my third star is going, and I tweeted about this last night, and it actually got kind of a lot of traction, not that that matters, even though sometimes I will admittedly say that I do delete some of our tweets if they don't get any attention, so. <laughs> do you really? I do. <laughs> um, not if they don't get, like, it's if they get no attention, like nothing. Um, I will delete them after a certain amount of time, but it's never your, it's never your tweets. <laughs> here's a little, here's a little, um, behind the curtain situation for all of you listeners. If you've made it this far into the episode, I have a theory that people know when it's me versus Jeremy tweeting and Jeremy never has a single tweet that fails in like the perspective of things. I, on I the other some, hand, I have some flops every now and on my again. face sometimes. What I have some, I have some flops every now and again. It it depends. I do. You see me shaking my head because we probably won't release this part of the video, but I'm shaking my head at him. I don't know. I think. I'll have to find one. I'll have to find one that it flopped because I feel like... Yeah, his flop is going to be like, I only got 12 likes. Um, Only 12 people liked it and only four of them were like notable people attached to the Blue Jackets in some way. You're ridiculous. <laughs> but anyway, while he's trying to prove me wrong, um, my third star is going to go to Sean Corrales. Because, first of all, his line has just been one of the most productive lines that we've had these last few games, even though they've been rough games. Um, but also because um, in watching his post-game interview last night, he is, and I'm basically going to just quote the tweet right out, he is quickly on his way to becoming such a leader and such a voice for this team the way that he sees the game, the way that he, you know, reads his teammates and reads the struggles that the team has been going through um, this season and the way he composes himself. And, you know, he has these, you know, plans and ideas and motivations to be an integral part about making this team better. Um I was just so impressed by that. And I know that some of that probably plays into the fact that Columbus is his hometown. He is incredibly happy to be back home and playing for the team that he grew up watching. Um, but I truly do feel like Sean is the one to watch as this team goes through the rebuild, reload, whatever you want to call it, restructure. Um, and I think we're going to see him rise up the ranks into becoming part of this, the leadership core on this team. And I just, I just was so impressed. And of course I freaked out a little bit this morning when 
I saw that his mom found our tweet and liked it. And so I had to text Jeremy because I was like, oh, my God, we've been seen by Mama Corrale. So third star to Sean. Um, oh, God. I think. Yes. My second star is going to go to Daniil Tarasov because he we are putting him in the most ridiculous scenarios. Like, hey, buddy, fly out from Cleveland and immediately play your first NHL game. Oh, and then we're going to have you, I don't know, face off against the greatest player of your own country uh, for your second game. And then, oh, hey, why don't you come on in when we're facing one of the larger point gaps? that we've experienced this season and see if you can make sure that we don't lose by an even greater margin. Um, So the consistency of this kid, again, he is 22 years old. He is such a baby goaltender to just be able to come into whatever situation we throw him into and be calm and cool and collected, at least from the outside. I have no idea how he's feeling on the inside, but he has just been so impressive. And I know everyone who follows the monsters is already aware that that's how he's been um, so far in the net, which shout out to the monsters. Uh, They won eight to two tonight against the crunch. So good for them. Sounds like it was a really fun scoring game. Syracuse Uh, has just struggled. Syracuse has been a bad time. Well, you know, but hey, they can say that they are um, uh, energy boosters for other teams. So That's true. The Monsters had a bad weekend last weekend, though. They, like, lost to, like, the worst team in the league twice. Yeah. It was a bad time. It's fine. But, so, yeah. So, second star, Daniel Tarasov. And then my first star, because I know just from watching him over the last four years as a player, I know how incredibly difficult it has been for Oliver to have not scored in the last seven games and to only have one assist also in that time frame. Like Oliver is a goal scorer. Oliver is a point maker, like and mm-hmm. a playmaker. And he's just been having a wee bit of a drought, but he came back last night. He came back. Two goals at the end, you know, in his post game, he definitely looked like he felt better. Um, obviously, you always want to win, but again, like we said, in these circumstances, like finding that bright light in there, and I think that for him was a really big push. And so, hopefully, we see a lot more production out of Oliver over this next few bits because got a lot of road games coming up, but. So, yeah, number one star, Oliver. Your turn. Second episode in a row. What? Yeah, exactly the same. I mean, like, because, I mean, I I was kind of torn between, like, Corrali and Tarasov, like, two and three. Like, but I think, yeah, I mean, everything you said, like, I don't want to beat a dead horse, Boone Jenner, but. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. Um. I just almost spit water all over my laptop. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Hey, 
that's a company laptop. You better be careful with that <laughs> laptop. But <clears throat> we got the warranty. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Go to town on that bitch. But um, <laughs> yeah, I just think, especially with Oliver for the first star, like you're right. Like he is a point getter. Like he has take been taking notice. Like I don't know if you saw the clip from NHL Network, uh, where one of their analysts was like. I'm just going to say it like he's the most underrated player in the entire league. Like not just like on the blue jackets, not just like most underrated forward, most underrated player in the entire league. And I, you know, entire league is a statement. That is a statement, but he's one of the most incredibly underrated players in this league. And I mean, for him to, to have this cold streak, right. And, and to not be producing at the clip that he likes to, yeah, and then he's just like, you know, actually, like, I'm going to, like, actually just go out and score, like, a lot tonight. Um, you know, he's got 21 points on the year. Blue Jackets have played, um, you know, 22 games. 22 games? Yeah, 22 games. I mean, he's averaging just under a point a game. I mean, that's, like, nuts. And so, I mean, he's going to easily have a, a 65, 70-point season, and and nobody's talking about it. Like nobody's really got anything to say about it. I think that's part of what makes Oliver Bjork's fan such a special player. Uh, you know, again, to your point, Daniel Tarasov is my second star. Like, yeah, it's just a bunch of it's shitty situation after shitty situation. And he's shown up. He's shown up and made the Blue Jackets very comfortable with what they've got in the pipeline. And then three, like, yeah, Sean Crowley. Like it's, it's just like, he is, and this is no disrespect to Alexander Texier, Eric Robinson, but like he does something to those two, right? Like when they're playing together and he is the catalyst for any amount of success that that line is having. And so, you know, I think moving forward, right? Like he's going to be integral. Like you say he's becoming a part of the leadership group. I think he already is. Like, I think he's already there. Like, I think he's already seen as somebody who matters a lot to this franchise, I think that they wouldn't have given him four years and, and as much money as they did if they didn't think that he could be. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how he continues to progress. Yeah. And we played 24 games. Sorry. I had to do a little bit of math after you said that, but still your point still stands with Oliver's points and our games. Um, Fair. But, but, oh, that's so exciting. Two weeks in a row. I don't know why I thought we were 12 and 10. Definitely 13 and 11. But, yeah. <clears throat> nevertheless. But, hey, that win number is still larger than the other one. So That's true. That is true. Yeah. Did you see kind of, like, moving toward, unless, like, you had any other thoughts on this game, I was going to, like, start talking through a little bit of what's next. Did you see Sonny Milano's goal? Oh my god. Actually, okay. let me, hold on. I'm giving way too much credit. Not I'm not giving too much credit to Sonny Milano. Great hand eye. But Trevor Zegris's assist though. Yes. Trevor Zegris is the whole reason why this scenario plays out the way that it does. But I had a very love-hate relationship with Sonny when he was a blue jacket because he was just such an inconsistent player. And but Sonny always finds a way to be part of these like crazy goals because the last season that he was with us, he did he pulled a Nick Felino and did the whole between the legs, like super fancy goal. Um, that you know, already that had made the top 10 
yeah, it was in the top 10 that year of goals scored. But this one was just stupid. Like, just stupid. But the perfect, and you can probably explain it better than I can, but it was just like the perfect example of like, looking at a situation, realizing that you literally have only one way to get out of it. And you got to hope that the other person is on the same page as you or else it does not work. Yeah. And I mean, he does, right? Like he, Trevor Zegers kind of like acts like he's going to do the Michigan, right? Like he like goes like pick up the, the puck and, and he just flips it. He flips it over the net and Uka Pekka Lukanen is the loser there. Uh, for the Sabres, but um, man, oh man, like just a, such a high. I mean, like, and the two of them look very similar, and it kills me. I, I think it contributes to the chemistry. That's a good hockey team. Like, they're gonna be really good. Like, and I'm, and I have to say, like, say what you will about Sonny Milano. I am glad to see him succeeding. We are how how many games have they played this year? So they've played twenty two games. They've played 22 games this year. Sonny Milano has 20 points. Sonny Milano has 20 points in 22 games. Um, and he's two points away from tying his career high, which was with the Blue Jackets no, in 2000. No, more than 22. I'm sorry. Oh, he's he's played 22. Okay. I was like, say, their record is 14, 8, and 5. Yeah, he's played <laughs> 22 games. Um, okay. And he has 20 points. So he... Now, don't get me wrong. You put me on a line with Trevor Zegers, I can't skate for shit. I might find my way into a point. But, like, it's just, it's going to be fun to watch that game tomorrow. And it is um, Sonny's return to Nationwide. This is the first time yeah, that's true. that he's been back since we traded him, like, so long ago. Like, that was... So, so long ago. It was. Which is crazy. But yeah, it should be like a really interesting, a really interesting game for us. I hope again, and this is maybe one one of probably my one of my other points is that last night, and I know that it is apparent that we play better at home, but the way that the reporters were asking the players about it made me feel like they were shaming them for playing better at home. Like, they were all just like, please explain to us why you play better at home. Like, and it just was, like, kind of disheartening. But it was also very sweet how each one of them answered that question. Because, and I think... As a fan, like as a fan, when you're listening to this, it is very sweet. But every single one of them, it was Oliver and Sean. And I think they asked Zach too. But they all were like, how can we not play well at home? Like we have such this incredible fan base that comes every single game for us. And like is that extra energy that we need as like a young team. And so it was just very sweet that they recognized that. Now, obviously I wish that there was like a way we could like funnel in like Mm -hmm. home crowd noises when we're like out on away games. Um, (laughs) 
but it just it was a little sad how they were kind of like trying to shame the guys like like you know kind of calling themselves like homers like you know you guys are really simping for the home crowd might need to like figure it out a little bit but it was very sweet the way they responded so but we could use a win so hopefully fifth line you uh show up and play that integral part tomorrow um that we need as we then prepare to go on just a very long and very late night road trip yeah going to seattle got a game at 10 o'clock should be and then vancouver is it vancouver I know Calgary is in there. Yeah, Vancouver, Edmonton, and Calgary, and then Buffalo. <laughs> so The happiness that we will all have when we go back to Buffalo, because it'll be a normal scheduled game. Um, I know, wild, right? But yeah. A lot to wild look forward time. to. A lot to look forward to. And of course, guess who's figured some stuff out? Seattle. Mm-hmm. Oh, Seattle, yes. They have started to figure some things out. So that will be an interesting game on Saturday for sure. Um, Yeah, and I'm sure it will provide us with a lot of things to talk about um, for Monday's episode. So y'all are definitely going to want to tune into that because nothing but good content to come then, I'm sure. And then kind of final things. I mean, we, we've had a few uh, moves. Uh, we had placed Scott Harrington yesterday on waivers. He cleared waivers. He's now assigned down to Cleveland. So hopefully, I mean, Scott's been a healthy scratch for like a while. So he needs some like playing time. So everyone yeah. who's freaking out as per usual about someone going to Cleveland Scott needs to play. So let's let him play in Cleveland and like get some of that groove and energy back. But in a very unique circumstance, we have recalled Emil Bemstrom from Cleveland. Not exactly sure what Lars has planned for this situation. Everyone's been very sensitive as of late with, who Lars has been scratching and not scratching. So a lot of interesting scenarios um, coming up, but I was very interested in that decision. And then outside of um, directly us, former Blue Jacket Riley Nash is now a member of the Tampa Bay Lightning in a very interesting turn of events where Ottawa put him on waivers or not Ottawa Winnipeg Winnipeg put him on waivers and then in like the last minute or so the lightning just snatched him up so maybe another former blue jacket will get themselves a Stanley Cup ring I don't know I'm not that inspired by Tampa Bay this year Hmm. I did watch um David Savard opening his uh, yeah, that was fun. And got a little emotional. So. I think there's a lot of things, right, that are <clears throat> pushing you over that ledge this week. But that's okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> just yeah <laughs> me too girl me too but you know what you can't cry during what our social media plugs oh yeah no i shouldn't do that it would be hard to understand what they are so yeah you can follow us on social media we are on twitter and instagram at subjectively pod we are on facebook at subjectively speaking you can check out our super cool beautifully designed website at subjectivelyspeaking.com. And then if you're looking for some Christmas gifts for either yourself or for the ones you love from your favorite podcasters, you can check out our merch store, subjectivelyspeaking.threadless.com. We have some really fun merch as per usual. I should probably like put together a post or something and not just talk about it on the episode. So maybe I'll do that sometime this week. Um, And then lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Again, we don't know why it matters, but if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, scroll on down, hit that five-star rating. It helps us get noticed um, in the hockey charts, makes it easier for people to find our content when they're looking for that sweet Blue Jackets news. So, yeah, help us out, and we just greatly appreciate all of you. That we do. And we appreciate you so much that we're going to have a new episode for you on Monday. And so you can catch us then, where hopefully we're talking about good things as a result of the Jackets taking on the Ducks and taking on the Kraken. But until then, take care of yourselves, and we'll chat soon. Bye.